0: Welcome to Career & Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve.
1: And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now, we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to another episode. Today, we are covering all about the hidden jobs market. So, we're going to be looking at what is it? Why does it exist? and importantly, if you're in job search mode, how to access it. And Pam, the hidden jobs market is, again, one of those things. It's a bit like when we did the personal brand episode last week. The hidden jobs market is, again, one of those concepts, isn't it, that people hear and know of, but it's shrouded in mystery. And I know when I was employed and looking for a job and was hearing about it, there was actually very little available. It was like you had to player coach all the big bucks. So we want to shatter some of that and share some of the the learnings with today's episode.
0: Yeah, it's always been thought of as some kind of secret society where you've got to pay somebody to get on the insides and figure out what it is. And loads of it on LinkedIn, loads of career coaches using it as a marketing tactic, work with me and access the hidden jobs market. And it's not really that secret. It's all the stuff that we know about. And I absolutely love sharing with people what the hidden jobs market is. And it's just essentially the jobs that are not yet advertised. So the jobs that will be filled before they even get to the job boards, before they even get to the recruiters sometimes, because they those jobs are filled through referrals, through conversations, through networking. It's not a secret society. It's just about being able to build connections in the background, to be able to articulate what it is that you're looking for and for people to provide those introductions and for you to put yourself in the position where you are getting those introductions.
1: So much to unpack as we go through this episode and it's one that I'm really looking forward to and wish that I'd had about 15 years ago. So when you talk about what it is then, is the hidden jobs market solely those ones that are not advertised Or do you include some of that aspect of actually, they might be advertised, but there's still priority given to candidates who have accessed them a certain way, as opposed to just being one of however many people who've clicked apply?
0: Yeah, that is definitely one part of it, because there will be some roles that do get advertised as part of a box ticking exercise, because it's part of the company policy. But actually, there might already be a really strong candidate waiting in the wings that was always going to get that job because somebody else referred them or they were able to contact the hiring manager directly and have those conversations with them, even meet up with them and basically secure that job role and know that it was theirs before the whole recruitment process is finalized, really. And... So why does it exist then? Because I guess if people are
1: not familiar with it or have only heard of it as terminology, listening to it for the first time, that kind of might sound a bit like, hang on, is that very fair that there's all this stuff going on behind closed doors and it might feel like that secret society. So why does the hidden jobs market exist? Why is it such a big thing?
0: So there's probably three main reasons why it exists. And the first one would be from a confidentiality point of view. So, some companies, especially at a more senior level or in sensitive situations, there may be redundancies coming up and things like that. Companies might want to just avoid any form of disruption within their organization or to prevent competitors from swooping in and poaching their really good people. So, sometimes the recruitment will go on in the background and it'll be on a very confidential basis basis it might involve headhunters and or it could involve the hiring managers actually going out and using things like linkedin recruiter to really pinpoint candidates and get in touch with them and invite them for conversations which again linking back into personal brands is so important that you've got yours nailed so that you are easy to find on platforms like linkedin that you're clearly demonstrating what you can bring to the table and then I think the second thing is going to be the the cost and time efficiency because advertising can be super expensive. So if you can fill vacancies through referrals from your already great people, like why wouldn't you want to do that? And how do your or how do their great people find out that you're looking for a job role because, you are telling as many people as you can, that you're in the market, that you're looking for a new role, people that you meet, people that you've worked with in the past, networking events that you might go to, or things that you might be involved with within your industry. These are all good ways of letting people know what you can deliver, even if you can't actively tell them that you're looking for a job right now. It's more about just letting them know what you deliver, because I if you're telling people what you can deliver, if they need that skill set in their business, then they're going to come knocking at your door, even if you can't put it out publicly that you are looking for a new role at that point in time.
1: And it's interesting, as I listen to you describing those two there's probably almost like the flip side, isn't there, of of the coin. So one is from a company perspective, there is a need to have confidentiality. There are times, like you say, particularly with senior roles or where there are changes, where somebody maybe is on a performance plan and they want to be able to recruit, but actually you, you can't publicly advertise that as an opportunity because there is still somebody in that role. So from a company perspective, that can then be confidential. But then the flip side of that is actually where the company is very explicit about needing or wanting somebody. But from a candidate perspective, you may not be overtly looking for a job. So there are both things that I'm hearing there as to reasons why. Actually, if somebody knows that you could be great fit for this, but you haven't, gone out there and said, I'm desperately looking for a role. If you are known for that thing, if you're known as somebody that's good, then that can create the opportunity where there is a name vacancy, where someone can then connect you with that vacancy as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the the hidden jobs market can seem fairly complex, but in reality, when you break it down, like you've just said, that there's companies will have different needs. You might be in different situations where you can't always be out there looking for a role so it does then just come down to how well you are networking ultimately it is going to be about how well you are networking where you're networking who you're talking to and how you are getting across what you deliver what you can deliver what you can bring to the table I think that is the real key part of access in the hidden jobs market is getting out there what you bring to the table. And I see people doing this in all, all different ways. You can talk at events, you can attend events and talk about the things that you've delivered, you can get involved in all different kinds of activities that show where, where you get the opportunity to talk about what you've delivered and and what you've brought to the table and the great things that you're doing to drive your company forward, the more you put yourself into the spotlight and be really clear on what you deliver, the more people you're going to have knocking at your door without you having to do much at all. So what's the
1: third one then in terms of the the kind of reason for it existing? Because this one I so recognize from my recruitment experience.
0: Yeah so the third one is quality candidates and you we both know don't we because we as part of what we do with Catalyst we run a recruit right program where we work with employers to help them recruit right to get the most out of candidates at interviews and to make the right choice when it comes to who they're going to hire and how that person's going to benefit the business. And I think we see it so often, don't we? You put a job ad out, you're not always guaranteed those quality candidates, but a lot of the time those quality candidates come through from referrals, from people either within your network, from people you know within the company. You know, it's always good if you are recruiting to ask or to put out some kinds of communication if you can, if it's obviously not on the confidential side and say, you know, these are the roles that we're recruiting for. Does anybody know anybody that has got this skill set, anybody that they would like to introduce us to or refer to us? Because when people recommend people, you generally find that they're doing that because they know that person's good. And that's where the quality aspect really comes in.
1: I, yeah, absolutely recognize that. And it's something that when I've been doing recruitment projects in-house interim, we've really tapped into those refer a friend type schemes and to getting people to post vacancies or talk about vacancies themselves so that their network come to them rather than it being just general applications and the quality does tend to be better because they've had a conversation they know what the role is they know what the expectations are they know somebody who works there and very often i think there is almost that onus on the person that is referring it's their reputation on the line as well so i know if i'm thinking about who would i introduce for certain roles and i do it quite a lot now because of of the different roles that I've done and and what have you and just yesterday I was asked do I know of somebody for for a potential role and immediately I was oh yeah actually I do I'm going to send a message to someone but I would not have suggested that person if they hadn't have been a quality candidate because I don't want the person that I'm referring them to to I don't want to damage that relationship with the person that I'm introducing them to. So my reputation's on the line and I want people to know that if I'm going to introduce somebody, if I'm going to give somebody my backing, that that is a quality candidate. So I I absolutely recognize that both from the perspective of being the person who's seeking, does anyone know someone who, but also as the person who's making that introduction Absolutely, I've seen the quality that comes through and also I've known that I will only refer people where I trust that they will be able to deliver.
0: Yeah, And I'm exactly the same with that because I get so many messages and especially when we were in that space of it being a very candidate driven market back in COVID times. And there was a lot of, do you know anybody? Would any of your clients fit this bill type of thing? And it it is true that you will only recommend people that you 100% trust can go ahead and do that job and come across well. So yeah, I do feel like, um, For that purpose of finding quality candidates, then that is definitely a road to go down. And my
1: experience has been, I'm interested in your take on this, that the hidden jobs market becomes more important the more senior people go.
0: Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I always say to my senior level clients is that you are more likely to get a job through your network than you are through applying on job boards. So when we're looking at the job search strategy, it's usually the network and elements of that we start with, like looking at what who is in your current network, who can you speak to, who can you know help you, point you in the right direction, get you some intros and things like that. They're always the starting point because at a senior level, your network is more important than ever. And I suppose at this point, that's a really good thing to bring up as well, because the first thing lots of people say to to both of us is that they haven't got a network. And we have covered this off on the podcast before, so you can go back and listen to the episodes, but everybody's got a network. If you've had one job, you've got a network. If you've got family and friends, people maybe from the school gates, from going to the pub from going to different sports clubs you've got a network you just need to start thinking about how you can use that network and how you can build stronger relationships within that network to allow people then to be able to refer you on
1: yeah it is so important isn't it and i think it's interesting for me because as people so i often work with people in the first 90 days when they've been promoted into a senior leadership role And I think it's that kind of level is often where then people are almost, but I don't see any opportunities beyond this. Like there's nothing really gets advertised. I don't know how I would progress my career beyond this if opportunities don't come to me internally. And I think this is the bit that I missed out on was that awareness and understanding that the more senior you go, the less likely it is that you're just going to respond to a job ad or have a call from a recruiter, you've really got to be known for what you can do and you've really got to maintain that network. So what other the tips then? If people are recognising, okay, maybe the way that I've approached job search in the past with the bias towards recruiters or job applications might not serve me at the level that I'm now at and I might need to get better at accessing the hidden jobs market... What tips can you offer for people that are in that situation?
0: So I think the first thing is going to be to start reaching out to the different people that you've already got in your network and Sometimes I call them informational interviews. Sometimes I call them coffee chats. They're exactly the same. So what you want to do is just start having conversations with people. What you don't want to do is launch into that conversation with, I'm looking for a new job. So what have you got for me? Who can you introduce me to? And go in for the real like, hard sell. You want to ease into those relationships and ease into those conversations find out about them find out what they've been up to and just have a really nice conversation about how you've both come to where you are today and then once you've got that conversation flowing then obviously then you can start talking about some of the things that you've delivered maybe depending on who you're talking to you can share some real like valuable insights and things that are going on within your industries or across industries or things that are coming up and within those conversations like when you feel comfortable you can start talking about what you might be looking for and just start extending those conversations out so the last thing you want to do is when you're having those chats especially if it's somebody you've not spoken to for a while is to make them think you've only got in touch because you want something from them. This whole exercise is about relationship building and you know, get let allowing people to know what you've been doing, what you've delivered and what you're thinking you want to do next. Because then if they hear anything or they know anything's going on within their organization, then you're going to be front of mind for them. So that's probably one of the the main things that I would do, like reaching out to to that network and almost waking that network up. I think is super important. And I think what we would say with
1: this is, don't leave it until you are really in need of a new role to start doing this. The ideal time to start doing this is probably what a year before you're actually looking to make a move, maybe even longer. Ideally like you say focusing on the relationships and on maintaining those relationships and strengthening relationships and reconnecting with people who you've been connected with before so in terms of timing would you agree with that that you want to do it a good kind of year ideally before you're actually looking to move role
0: yeah definitely if not longer because the longer you've been building those relationships the stronger they're going to be and Although the hidden jobs market is, it's a job search, it's part of the overall job search strategy or it's part of your overall job search strategy. I think what you need to understand about it is it's actually quite a slow burn. Sometimes you can touch really lucky and you can have those conversations and there's a role there or there's somebody that you can be introduced to straight away. But generally, in my experience, it's a slow burn. But it's a very important part of your strategy. And what it means is that the longer you can build your network up, then when you are actively putting yourself out there, the quicker you will get those introductions. But you you need to build that strong foundation, first of all. And who would you
1: prioritise? So if people are listening to this and thinking, "Oh, I just... Yeah, I get the idea of it, but who the hell would I actually get in touch with and try and go and have a coffee chat with? If people haven't done it before, it can feel a bit weird. So who would you prioritize if you're suggesting that people are starting to do this for the first time?
0: So I think what I would do personally, and I feel like I'm quite introverted, so sometimes networking can be quite, not difficult so much now, but in the past, I would say it was difficult. What I would do is and even if you feel like you're quite extroverted and you're ready to just jump in and have the conversations I think the starting point really should always be maybe the people who were in your peer group in previous roles because that way then you can catch up with them you can find out what's going on in their companies in their industries and sometimes those people that were in your peer groups in previous roles could actually be hiring managers in other companies So I think in in order to ease yourself into it, if you reach out to people that were of a similar level, people that maybe you were quite friendly with or people that you could have a conversation with, that's going to help you ease into it. And I think one of the things that people find difficult as well about reaching out, having those conversations, is that because, as we mentioned earlier, they get so caught up in the day-to-day of their job and everything that they don't prioritise that time to build those connections and have those conversations so if that's you it's about thinking okay how important is this to me and not putting it off and just getting those conversations in the diary whether it's a phone call or whether it's a meetup in person or whatever it is just starting to be really intentional about getting those catch-ups in the diary
1: and I think if you're feeling a bit self-conscious I know one of the things that I've done is just not even necessarily in person, but I've just messaged people recently in the last kind of year or two, where I'll just say, I'm making more of a conscious effort to keep in touch with people that I've got on well with in the past. If you're up for it, if you fancy just a virtual cuppa and just spend 20 minutes, half an hour, just reconnecting that way. And I found that for me, I really enjoy that. And I'm like you, I'm an introvert. So big networking events and trying to connect with people that way doesn't really do it for me. But those kind of one-to-one chats with people that I've got on with in the past. And then I'm interested to see because it then it's not one way, like you're genuinely interested as well in what's happening for them in their lives, what's happening in terms of where they're at now, so it's a much more balanced conversation rather than you feeling like I just want to show up and use this per- use and abuse this person and rinse them for all the future jobs they could give me. It's a genuine conversation where you're interested in understanding what are they doing, how have things been going for them, and you can. Conf- some people might not respond or they might not have time, and others you'll find that you reconnect with people that you've got on well with in the past, and it's actually really lovely.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing, isn't it? Because sometimes when you do catch up with people and then you think, why did I leave it so long? And it's really nice, but you've got that added advantage of finding out at that point, where else have they been working? How did they find it? And all of those extra insights that you can get from them.
1: So what else then apart from reconnecting with people, what else can people do to access the hidden jobs market?
0: So the, the next thing really is going to be those direct applications where you are contacting companies directly. Now, I always say this might be quite controversial for us on the podcast with um, Jackie being HR professional, but I always say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jackie, but HR are usually the last people to know about the, the jobs. Not all the time. So if there's any people that are in HR roles listening, I know that sometimes you can be heavily involved in the process. But in terms of reaching out, it's going to be the hiring managers that know what they're looking for. So when we're thinking about accessing the hidden jobs market, there's no recruitment process that has been initiated at this point. It's the hiring manager that has got this idea that we need to recruit somebody. They might not have even had the budget signed off at this point. So usually once all of that stuff is sorted out, then they'll instruct HR and or depending on how big the company is, it could be talent acquisition or whoever it is, they'll usually then instruct that team to then proceed with the recruitment. So at this stage, if we're accessing the hidden jobs market, it's about going direct to those hiring managers. So when you're connecting on LinkedIn, it's, okay, what role am I looking for? So for example, if it's a sales manager role, then you would be looking at heads of sales and sales director, and they would be the people that you would connect with and start to try and build the relationships with those people and another key thing to think about as well is not just spraying and praying and hoping for the best like genuinely look for the companies that you want to work for and the brands that you want to be associated with and then go and find the hiring managers within them organizations and do a search for what is local to you as well Because sometimes you just don't realize what is on your doorstep and who's moved in recently. Maybe you don't drive that way, so you've not seen them. So check who's on your doorstep and then use platforms like LinkedIn to start making those connections. And you can always send them a good old letter in the post if they're not very responsive on LinkedIn, which is another option, which is something that I've done in the past and something that my clients recently have also done and been successful with. It's
1: really interesting hearing you say that about the hiring managers because, yeah, absolutely. So a big part of my battle, I was thinking of a particular role where I I went into on a project basis to look after recruitment, but establish the processes that need to be in place. And, And one of the things that was really striking there was how recruitment had been totally missed out. And hiring managers were having conversations direct with agencies or were just picking up the phone and getting people in. And we needed to establish some process and some systemization around it. But did I put a stop to hiring managers bringing people that they knew could do a job? Absolutely not. Because when you've got talent acquisition within a business, if that hiring manager has got somebody that they're happy with and that vacancy is going to be filled without it being lots of effort and lots of work for an internal recruitment team, (laughs) that recruitment team generally is happy as long as it doesn't mean that it's cost them a fortune. So my only issue with it was when hiring managers would speak directly to agencies and then be sending me CVs for somebody where agency terms hadn't been agreed. And there was all of the budget implications of that for my budget. But if they were were bringing me a direct candidate and that was going to cut out having to pay a recruiter, Happy days. So yeah, would absolutely second that advice of it's the hiring managers who very often are the ones who, and like you say, there will be times when there's new roles being created, there might not be budget sign-off, there might be somebody that's already in a role who is either moving on or where the roles might be changing and they can't can't do the role that they're going to be required to do. So there's just so many reasons why roles can come about. And yeah, you're absolutely right. HR are often not the first to know.
0: I'm glad that you said that because we didn't discuss that before the podcast, did we? And then I thought, oh, I wonder if we could fall out over this.
1: <laughs> no, must try harder to fall out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think the the final thing um for me about how to access the hidden jobs market is going to be really staying up to date with industry news as well and seeing what's out there and setting Google alerts up and just seeing generally what's going on with the different companies that you want to work for because a lot of the time they'll get investments so they'll be you know what will follow will be more jobs they might make redundancies and what generally follows redundancies when you go through that cycle, is more jobs. There's always going to be opportunities, whether the news is positive or negative, unless obviously the news is that they're shutting down. So when you're keeping up to date with industry news, whether it's positive or negative, there's usually opportunities within that somewhere, whether it's immediately or whether it's, a little bit further down the line. So it's always good to stay up to date to see what is going on. And also as well, from an interview prep point of view, the more you know about that company, the easier it's going to be for you to get in there, talk to them about what you know about them and really show the passion that you've really looked into them that you know a lot about them. Perfect. We hope that has
1: helped if you have been in that situation that so many are in of what is this hidden jobs market thing and how do I access it? Thanks, Pam, for sharing all of those insider secrets. If you are in a situation where you are approaching a job search, whether that's immediate or whether you want to be moving on in a short while, then do get in touch with Pam to work with her on her Job Search Accelerator, where you can work one-to-one and really have that hand-holding and support to make sure that the things you're doing are going to get you the roles that you actually want. And if there is anything that you need in terms of future topics, and as ever, please do drop us a message. We always love creating episodes that we have been asked for, but either by clients or by listeners, because we know then that that's stuff that people do want to, to know about. So thank you for listening. Please rate and review on your favourite podcast platform and we'll be back again with another episode next week.